0: wonderful to be back and uh, and to be here on Father's Day. If you have a Bible, please open to Psalm 103 verse 13, which says this, as a father shows compassion to his children, so the Lord shows compassion to those who fear him. Because we are his children. It's Father's Day. Have you noticed? I hope you got something really cool. Uh, I hope you, I'm I'm pretty sure I'm going to be sugared out by the end of Father's Day. I don't know what's happening for you, but there's a lot of chocolate in order and um, What I'm hearing is that I need to put on weight. That's all I heard. And uh, everyone's giving me chocolate. It's wonderful. But I want to look at the greatest out of all who is, of course, God our Father. Not just at regular fathers. But fathers are unique. Have you noticed that? Some of you don't believe me. We are unique. We're we're a little different. You heard of dad jokes? We invented those. We did. They were ours. And so I, I thought I'd put in here the top 10 things you will never never hear a father say you ready number 10 take my wallet and go crazy shopping you will never hear him say that number nine no son of mine is going to live under this roof without an earring now quit complaining let's go to the mall my daughter got a a, um belly button ring one time and, and i said i said don't do it it'll be painful she said no it doesn't hurt that much i said it does when i rip it out so you know i was only kidding i was only kidding number eight It was not you, it was not not Tara, just, yeah. (laughs) Number eight. This is what you'll never hear a man say. Number eight. Here, honey, you use the remote. (laughs) Am I right? Number seven. Well, how about that? I'm lost. We'll have to stop and ask directions. You will never hear that. Number six. Your mother and I are going away for the weekend. You might want to consider throwing a party. (laughs) Not going to happen. Number five. What do you want to go and get a job for? I make plenty of money for you to spend. <laughs> You'll never hear that. Number four, hey, let me hold your purse while you try that on. <laughs> do you hold your wife's purse? We, no, I don't either. It's okay. Number three, let's, wa- let's watch a chick flick tonight. Have you heard? Well, maybe maybe a few. Number two. Honey, I know you're tired. You stay home and relax while I take our child to the school speech night. That is never going to happen, I'm telling you. And the number one thing that you will never hear a dad say is this. When I was growing up, we had it easy. Isn't that true? So <coughs> that's a fun look at fatherhood. But, you know, in our nation, fatherhood is under attack. Uh, today in Australia, by ex- uh, men, and by extension, fatherhood are under attack like never before. There seems to be a battle of the sexes, Um, but there doesn't need to be. If elevating and celebrating women doesn't mean we have to attack and hate men, and vice versa, we should be celebrating men and women. We should be celebrating um, Father's Day and Mother's Day. We can elevate both men and women without denigrating the other. Genesis one verse twenty-seven says this: "So God created man in His own image, in the image of God." Uh, he created them male and female he created them i know it's controversial i'm not going to dwell on it but i have to mention it it says male and female not intersex it says male and female not undecided or questioning god made males and females so we should celebrate that a woman can be a mother and a man can be a father should we not fiona was telling me that they're trying to make it person's day like can't we just celebrate the good things instead of having to cater to the minority? Uh, when I marry people, I say this, and I think this is really important as far as male and female together. So, as part of the, the wedding ceremony when I, when I marry couples together. I say this. In the consummation of the first marriage, the woman whom God made was a com- as a companion for man was not taken from his head to rule over him, nor from his feet to be trampled by him, but from his side that she might be his equal, from under his arm that she might receive his protection, and from near his heart that she might own and command his love. Isn't that beautiful? Um, And I think we need to say that more. We need to celebrate fatherhood and motherhood. And yet in our society, fathers are often denigrated. They're often put down. And there is no finer way of celebrating fatherhood and Father's Day than concentrating on the Father of all God himself. 1 uh, 1 John 3 verse 1 says this, See what kind of love the Father has given us, that we should be called children of God. We are children of God. Isn't that cool? I think that's amazing. We're not just religious. We're not just Pentecostals. We're not just just Christians. We are children of the living God. And if he's the king of kings, what does that make us? Royalty. So we should act like royalty. And I think Father's Day is a great day to celebrate earthly fathers, but why not celebrate him as well, a heavenly father who is perfect? Now, in that verse that I just read... The word for uh, for love in the Greek is the word agape. And so we have a very imperfect system in English when it comes to the word love. Now the Beatles sang All You Need Is Love. I think I've got a photo of them up here somewhere. They sang All You Need Is Love and then they broke up. So they sang about it but they didn't experience it. You see in English we have a poor... Uh, word poor number of words. we have one word for love and in the greek there are actually seven words for love of which the bible uses four so in english i can say the same word i can say i love my wife i love vegemite same word i love the broncos i love my children i love god it's all the same word but in the greek there are different words so the four greek words that are used in scripture are the following. There's eros, which is sexual or romantic love. There's storge, which is familiar love, which is being in a family. There is philia, which is brotherly love, as in Philadelphia, the, the city, the city of brotherly love. And that unites believers. And the highest form of love, the, the greatest form of love is agape love, which is unconditional love, God's love for us, the true Father's love. So some of you here have grown up through your life with inferior examples of love from your father maybe from your mother as well Con- you know very very often times in, in families we have conditional love we say i love you if or i love you because so i love you if you're obedient i love you if you do well in your exams or, or i love you because you're so pretty or you're so smart but then the inference is if you fail my expectations i will love you less that is not god's love that's that's a human love The verse we looked at at the start, Psalm 103, if I start at verse 11, listen to his love here for you as his child. As high as the heavens are above the earth, so great is his steadfast love towards those who fear him. As far as the east is from the west, so far does he remove our transgressions from us. As a father shows compassion to his child, so the the Lord shows compassion to those who fear him. (coughs) So I want to look at a bible parable that i love one of my favorite parables which talks about the father's love so if you if you flip over to luke chapter 15 you'll see this is probably my favorite parable of all it's the parable of the prodigal son and uh, that's what we call it but it's really the parable of the, the father's undying love i'm going to read from verse 11 and he said jesus said there was a man who had two sons And the younger of them said to the father, Father, give me my share of the property that's coming to me. And he divided his property between them. Not many days later, the younger son gathered all he had and took a journey to a far country. And there he squandered his property in reckless living. And when he had spent everything, a severe famine arose in that country and he began to be in need. So he went out and hired himself out to one of the citizens of that country, who sent him to fee, to the fields to feed pigs and he was longing to be fed with the pods the pigs ate and no one gave him anything but when he came to himself sometimes we need to come to ourselves don't we we need to look at us and say yeah, this is not good so when he came to himself he said how many of my father's hired servants have more than enough bread to be called your son but the father said to his servants quick bring the best robe put it on him put a ring on his fi- on his finger and shoes on his feet and bring the fatted calf and kill it and let us eat and celebrate for this is my son he was dead is now alive he was lost and is found and they began to celebrate isn't that a cool story <coughs> so let's have a look at the father's love based on that story a few things about the father's love the father's love is generous in this parable, we see the father being generous with his sons. Great fathers are generous. Did you know that? They're generous. They don't think of themselves. They put their kids first. The younger son wanted his inheritance early. Now, in their, you've got to understand, in their culture, when you ask for your inheritance early, it's like you're wishing your father to die. Right? That's the inference behind it. And with that hurtful request, coupled with the realization that his son was going to blow the lot, the father remained generous. John 15, 13. Greater love has no man than this, that he would lay his life down for his friends. Well, a father for his son that lays his life down or is so generous that he gives beyond comprehension. True love is so powerful, so generous, it would die to save another. Our heavenly father generously chose to offer his one and only son the most precious thing he had in exchange for us. The most famous verse in the Bible is this. John 3, 16. For god so loved the world that he what he gave his one and only son that whoever believes in him should not perish but have eternal life god so loved agape loved the world unconditionally that he gave his one and only son you know sometimes we feel like god is holding out on us or or punishing us or withholding blessings from us but the bible teaches that we serve a generous and a loving god we've just been saying all my life you've been faithful all my life you've been good to me. You know, we can look back and see the goodness of God throughout our life. And that's the God that we serve. Not a stingy God that's up there ready to smash us with a cricket bat if we step out of line. He's a generous God. The heart of the Father is always loving and generous, giving far beyond our comprehension. In fact, I love that verse in Hebrews 3, which says, now to him who is was able to do far more abundantly. Don't you like that one? We think oh god can do this but he can go way beyond that because he is a generous god he loves us the heart of the father is exceedingly generous the second thing is a father's love is not controlling and this is really difficult as a father because sometimes we know a thing or two don't we as dads don't we dads you know when i was 18 i thought my father knew nothing by the time i was 21 i was amazed at what he picked up in three years incredible because you know we we do know better than some of the you know some of our kids and the things they do and it takes courage to be a father and not control your children the father in the parable gave his son an inheritance but it came without any conditions do you notice that he didn't say okay here's the money but you need to invest it or you need to tithe it to church or, or you need to buy me a new mower or something like that he didn't say that he just gave it And he he did it unconditionally. And that takes courage. Matthew 5 says this. You've heard it said that you shall love your neighbor and hate your enemy. But I say to you, Jesus said, love your enemies and pray for those who persecute you, even if they're your kids, so that you may be sons of your Father who is in heaven. For he makes the sun rise on the evil and the good. He sends rain on the just and the unjust. You see, God gives generously to everybody, even if they're not obeying him. People think, oh, you know, how, God, how come you're blessing these, these bad people? We're going to look at this in a couple of weeks. Why do bad things happen to good people, you know? But he gives generously. He, the sun rises on the, the righteous and the wicked all at the same time. At the moment, he is blessing all of us. He even blesses those who hate him because his love is unconditional. But fathers, I urge you to show the same love to your children, even if they are in rebellion. Don't get all religious on them and kick them out. The number of guys that I sit with and, and, and counsel and, and share with that have got so mad that their kids haven't held to their morals that they kicked them out and rejected them. And once you reject them, you, it's hard to get them back. You know, it's, 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 you don't have to agree with them. You just have to love them and accept them. But you don't have to agree with them. How many of you know that you don't always agree with your husband or wife? But you love them you don't have to agree with them Um, a few years ago now one of our our foster girls decided to turn into a boy and that was quite a shock for us and she said to me do you love me will you uh, will you support my decision and we said to her I said to her well yes and no and she said well what do you mean I said yes I love you I will never stop loving you no matter what I will never stop loving you but no I think this is a terrible decision and I don't support it, but I will never stop loving you and reject you. And she understood then that, see, you can love someone without agreeing with them. And you can love, parents, you can love your children, even if you grieve over them, even if they let you down, even if they've rejected Christ. You might have brought them up the right way, but there comes a time when a child is old enough to make their own decisions. And whether you were a good or a bad parent, listen, mothers and fathers, Stop making yourself feel guilty for the decisions your children have made when they're old enough. We do this all the time. We think, I must have made mistakes as a parent, I was a lousy parent. Well, I don't know, you might have been, but they reach a point where they make their own decisions. And they're not going to stand in front of the judgment seat with you. They're going to be by themselves to give an account for the things they've done. But don't beat yourself up because they're letting you down. You do what you can and ultimately their destiny depends on their decisions. It's not your fault. You've got to reach a point where you say, you know, I did the best I could. I released them to you, Lord. Pray for them, but don't condemn them because let God sort it out. Just pray for them and love them. This father in the the passage demonstrated his unconditional love. He was generous and he was not controlling. But that led to number three, the father's love being tested. God's love, you know, our love for God is tested as well. His love for us is really tested. Psalm 78, he says this, How often have they rebelled against him in the wilderness and grieved him in the desert? They tested God again and again and provoked the Holy One of Israel. Our our lousy attitude tests God. It really does, doesn't it? And yet his love for us is unconditional. It continues. See, love involves risk. (coughs) So a father's love is at risk of being let down. If you love someone, there's a risk that it won't work. There is a risk that something will go wrong. God's heart is broken and He grieves when we rebel against Him. I mean, imagine how the father in the parable felt when his wayward son took his inheritance, headed off and blew it all on partying. I mean, this father had nurtured this guy, you know, he provided for the son, he brought him up in the right ways, he found the son you know, he, he was generous with the son, he wasn't controlling with the son, and what he found was the, the son threw it back in his face. Take that, dad, I'm going off to have a party. If you love someone, it's always risky. And some of you here know exactly how that feels. Some of you fathers understand this because your kids have rebelled against you and, and against what you believe is true, and they've squandered their lives sometimes, and they've broken your heart. And if that is you as a parent today, then Psalm 34 says this, the Lord is close to the brokenhearted and saves those who are crushed in spirit. And sometimes your spirit's just crushed by what your kids do. I don't know about you, but I was once young. I know it's hard to imagine, I know. But when I was young, I rebelled for a a time, as many of us do. And uh, I remember at the time I was thinking, I wasn't thinking of my parents' pain, or letting them down. I just thought, I'm going to, you know, it's a good time, we're going to have parties, you know, girls, drinking, etc. I broke my parents' heart for a period of time. My selfishness, in my selfishness, I never fully comprehended what it was like for them to watch on and see me kind of self-destructing and still love me unconditionally. I never understood it until I became a father myself. And then I realized, we are like the prodigal son when we walk away from our Heavenly Father. And some of you here You had a relationship before and you've walked away from him and you're breaking his heart and it's time to come back and while you plunge into the life you choose to lead you're also plunging a dagger into your heavenly father's heart and you're hurting him incredibly the one who loves you and paid the price for you the fourth thing is a a father's love is patient i don't know i've been praying for patience i said lord give me patience give me to me fast you know because i don't do patience very well just ask fiona she has to sit in the car next to me and and uh, i don't do patience very well i i have a, I ha- I do have a complaint she's got this thing on the car that tells you when you're over the speed limit and it keeps talking to me and it really drives me mad i really think it's satanic i think we've got to remove that from the car um so the father in the parable lost his son to a foreign country where he squandered all the money all of his inheritance on sex, drugs and rock and roll. Like so many of us, he did just what felt good. He was selfish, he was irresponsible. You know, he was listening to songs that said, do what you want to do, be what you want to be, yeah. That sort of stuff, you know. Like, just do it, you're right. Many of us have tried to live a life that satisfies our own desires and when we live this life, we start to understand how really shallow it is. And many of us have been there, we've gone out, done stuff, and at the end, it doesn't satisfy. Because as C.S. Lewis says, we have a God-shaped hole in us that only God can fulfill. And you can fill it up with all sorts of other stuff, but only God can fulfill that. And here's the thing. In a heartbeat, you could die and have nothing to show for your life except a trail of broken hearts and disappointments. And when you stand before God, and you will, we all will, the only thing that matters is whether you've asked Jesus into your life as your Lord and Saviour, nothing else counts. Not money, not prestige, fame, car, houses, family even. Nothing else counts. God either sees you or He sees His Son and He patiently waits for you to turn to Him. 2 Peter 3 says this, The Lord is not slow to fulfill His promise, as Some count slowness, but is patient towards you, not wanting any to perish, but that all should come to repentance." for some of you he's been patiently waiting you know we even we become christians and then we float away and do our own thing and then we come back and then we float away and we come back if you've drifted away from the lord if 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 you've put other things first in your life he's patiently waiting he's not going to force his way in he's not going to hit you with a cricket bat or a lightning bolt or something like that he's just going to wait for you to come back god doesn't want you to perish if you die in your sins without Christ, you will break his heart. But it will have been because you've chosen to go that way, not him. He's, I mean, what more can God do? He's given the best of heaven for you. You either accept it or reject it. And uh, sadly, so many reject it and face an eternity without him. So look into your heart. There's an emptiness, that hole which is never filled because it's God-shaped and only God can fulfill it. He waits patiently with open arms. The fifth thing is, God, the Father's love is always seeking. Now, once the son left with the loot, his father didn't go back to life as usual and just say, "Oh, well, that's the end of him." He was looking every day. I believe that from that very day, the God, the, the Father was actively seeking. He was there. He was, you know, he'd get out the binoculars on the farm. He look around. Is he coming back today? No. You know, he was looking all the time, scanning the horizon praying and asking God to protect his son and bring him home in Ezekiel 34 it says this I will seek the lost and I will bring back the strayed, and I will bind up the injured and I will strengthen the weak you see God has a heart to seek the lost (coughs) Luke 15 Jesus says this what man of you having a hundred sheep if he's lost one of them does not leave the 99 in the open country and go after the one that is lost until he finds it God is actively seeking the lost. He's actively seeking you this morning. Father's Day 2022. He's looking for you. He's actively seeking you. If you are not walking with God, God the Father is seeking you right now. So don't reject him, but run into his arms of love. You are loved no matter what you've done, no matter how, much, uh, how ashamed you are, no matter what you've said or, or done in the past. You are loved. And if you repent, he will accept you with open arms. He's looking for you. Number six, the father's heart is responsive. Once the son hit rock bottom, he came to his senses. He thought, I better get back to dad because my life's a mess. And he said, "I'll, I'll go home. I'll say, Listen, just make me one of your servants. I'm not worthy to be your son. Just make me a servant. He knew he'd ruined his chances of being a son. See, under Jewish law in Deuteronomy 21, it says, uh, this our son is stubborn and rebellious he will not obey our voice he is a glutton and a drunkard then all the men of the city shall stone him to death with stones. so it's a big deal to go back and say whoops blew all the money dad because really the penalty under the law was that you should be stoned not the stone that you've been doing for a few years but the other stoned, <laughs> right and so this guy goes back and he says well maybe God, maybe dad will make me one of the servants and at least i'll be able to eat he took a chance and returned to the Father. And you might need to take a chance this morning and return to Him. You might need to say, Lord, Lord, I'm going to take a chance on you. I'm going to step out and say yes to you and return to your Heavenly Father. Because I can assure you, He's not out to punish you. He's seeking to love you and accept you. Luke 15:20 says this, And He arose and came to His Father. But while He was still a long way off, His Father saw Him and felt compassion and ran to Him and embraced Him and kissed him the father was ready to respond (coughs) to respond in love now jewish fathers never ran that was very uncool for a jewish father and besides you trip over your robe and stuff like that you know but this guy hoisted up his robe and ran out to see he didn't care about protocol he didn't care about what it looked like he didn't care what others said his son was back and he ran and embraced him and celebrated him so whatever you've done However far you might have fallen, God loves you today and he wants you back. The seventh thing, <coughs> the final thing is that the father's love is restoring. You see, the father's heart was welcoming, but it was also restoring. restoring. He came and said, look, let me just be a servant. That's all, I, you know, that's all I'm worthy of, just let me be a servant. But the father said, no, no, no. you're back to being a son. And he lavished his love on his wayward son. If you come to Jesus today, He will lavish His love upon you. Luke fifteen, it says, uh, the the boy says, "Father, I've sinned against heaven and before you. I'm no longer worthy to be called your son." But the father said to his servants, "Quick, bring the best robe, put it on him, put a ring on his finger and shoes on his feet. Bring the fatted calf and kill it. Let's eat and celebrate. For this my son was dead and is alive again. He was lost and is found." And they began to celebrate. What a welcome! This is not what this dejected prodigal half starved to death expected. He expected a lukewarm reception at best. He expected what his brother gave him. Oh, you again. Nice to to have you back. Blew all the money. You know, the brother was in much... (laughs) probably in as much need as the one who went away and did this. You know, but the father had other ideas. The father not only forgave his way with somebody, restored him to the position the original the the one that he had despised initially he was restored to that position and place there was no retrospective punishment there was no penance required i don't even think the father said i told you so that's hard when you're a dad and the kids mess up and they come back and you go there was no minimum standard to follow no no contract the son had to sign he was just restored to his place as a son Isaiah 61 says this instead of your shame there shall be a double portion instead of dishonor they shall rejoice in their lot therefore their land they in their land they shall they shall possess a double portion they shall have everlasting joy and if you come to Christ you get a double portion you really do of joy of celebrating it's incredible and you see the amazing love God has for you he will restore the life you should have led all along <clears throat> i meet with so many people that say to me look i I should have been something, you know, I could have been all of this stuff, should have, could have, would have been stuff. But they went away and, and they, they, they lost, got lost in the world or something like that. And when they come back, they're saying, well, I'm back, but I've lost all these years. And I say, yeah, but, but the Bible says he will restore to you the years the locusts have eaten. Now, beautiful verse from Job, I will restore to you the years the locusts have eaten. What are locusts like? Locusts eat everything. Have you had them at your house? They eat everything. They're like a teenage boy. They're just, everything in the place just goes. Anything that's edible goes, you know. But sin is the locust. Sin will eat your life from the inside out. And you'll think you're doing okay, but he is. you are being torn apart from the inside. You are dying inside. And that's the incredible thing. When you come to Christ, he restores that. He restores the years the locusts have eaten. I've seen people who've come to Christ who've, who've been wa- wandering away from him for 10 years. And in one year, he's restored 10 years worth of of growth and development in the kingdom. God can do it. He restores you. So I'm talking today about a father whose love is for you, not against you. You may have had a lousy earthly father. I don't know. Maybe someone who was distant or aloof or maybe abusive or explosive or a dad who always puts you down. Whatever the father you had here on earth, don't let that distort your view of your heavenly father because he's the perfect father he doesn't have any of those hang-ups that all of us earthly fathers have and jesus promised in john 10, 10 the thief only comes to kill and destroy but i come that they may have life and have it abundantly people say to me oh i don't want to be a christian because it will cramp my style i'd have to stop doing fun things that's not true if you think sin is fun try holiness it's awesome it's really good. It's got things like family and people that love you. And you can do stuff without looking over your shoulder all the time, being worried. See, God's not here to ruin your fun. He's not here to make your life miserable. He is here to give you life to the full. It's the best life you can live. I want to finish with, with uh, two songs. One I'm going to talk about and one hopefully I'm going to sing. But there's a true story behind... If you remember, there was a a group called Tony Orlando and Dawn in the 1970s. Anybody remember them? All you old school school people. They had a song called Tie a Yellow Ribbon Round the Old Oak Tree. Remember that? Well, I'm going to give you the true story to that. That was based on a story. Here's the true story. Listen to this. (coughs) A man was sitting in a railroad coach next to a young man who was obviously depressed. Finally, the young man revealed that he was a paroled convict returning from a distant prison. His imprisonment had brought shame to his family and they had neither visited him nor written often. He hoped, however, that this was only because they were too poor to travel and too uneducated to write. He hoped, despite the evidence, that they had forgiven him. To make it easy for them, however, he had written to them and asked that they put up a signal for him when the train past their little farm on the outskirts of town coming into town um, if his family had forgiven him they were to tie a white ribbon it wasn't yellow it was white in the big apple tree it wasn't wasn't an oak tree it was an apple tree um, which stood near the tracks if they didn't want him to return they were to do nothing and he would remain on the train and travel onward for the rest of his life well as the train neared the hometown The suspense became so great that he couldn't bear to look out the window. And he exclaimed, in just five minutes, the engineer will be sounding the whistle, indicating our approach to the long bend, which opens into the valley I know as home. He said to the man next to him, will you please watch for the apple tree at the side of the track? His companion said they would and they exchanged places. The minutes seemed like hours, but then came the shrill sound of the train whistle. The young man asked, can you see the tree? is there a white ribbon his companion said i see the tree but there's not one white ribbon there's hundreds son someone surely does love you and want you home isn't that beautiful and that song was based on that story you know i believe that right now god the father's arms are open to you saying i want you home some of you have been wandering away you've been doing your own thing it's time to come home it's time and he's, he's tying all these ribbons on the tree for you because He loves you, because you're important to Him, because He has a plan and a hope for your future, because you are special to Him. I want to share a song that I wrote some years ago, and uh, I'm just in the process of re-recording it at the moment, but uh, hopefully this uh, speaks to you, hopefully we can get it working, and um, but I'm going to ask you to just close your eyes and just, just settle your heart and just pray for a moment for me. Just quieten your heart. You realize there is a Father who loves you. Come, give your hurt and pain to Jesus. Come, lay it all before his throne. For he heals the brokenhearted and comforts those alone. Oh, come, your Father wants you all. your hopes and dreams to Jesus He's your saviour and your friend He will wrap His arms around you as you bow before His throne Oh come, your daddy wants you home There are times when we forget him When we choose to walk alone When our head is full of emptiness And our heart feels like a stone But beneath that cold exterior And the things we say and do Lies a little child in everyone Saying, Daddy, I need Right now, it's Jesus Oh, come He is calling for His own And He will wrap His arms around you As you bow Before His throne Oh, come Your daddy Wants you home You know, we do so many things In our life walk away from him, but he is waiting patiently with his arms outstretched to say, my child, I love you. I have a hope and a future for you. I have a destiny for you. This morning open your heart to him and say, Lord, I'm here. I come to you with open arms. Gather me up and tell me that you love me. as he does. Oh, there are times when we forget him, when we choose to walk And our heart feels like a stone But beneath that proud exterior And the things we say and do Lies a little child you and your friend, for oh, you know His plans to prosper you, give a future and a hope. Oh, come, your daddy wants you come. Your daddy wants you come. Your daddy wants you home. Mm-hmm. your daddy. Wants Daddy wants you home. Daddy, Daddy. Lord, we just open our hearts to you. We want to connect with you again as our Father. Lord, we just pray that you would speak to us. Some of us have been running. Some of us have been here waiting. But Lord, we open our hearts to you and say, Lord, have your way. You're a Father whom we can trust. Someone we can we can uh, come to with any problems and problems. And you you meet us because you are intimate with us. You love us. We're your children. On Father's Day, we celebrate the greatest father of all. And we give our life to you. And just as you are uh, in an attitude of prayer, if you've been wandering from him and the Lord is speaking to your heart this morning, you'll you'll feel it inside of you, that still small voice just saying, hey, it's you. Maybe you've asked him into your life before, maybe you never have, but this is your moment, this is your opportunity to come to him as a child and say, Lord, I'm here. Your daddy wants you home. Your daddy paid the price for you and he wants you home. And his arms are outstretched to you. If you've never asked Jesus into your life, Or if you have it previously and you've wandered far from him, this is your moment. Let's get this right. Let's get Father's Day right in 2022. If that's you, I'm going to pray a prayer. I'm going to ask you to say it after me. And together we are going to come to your Father and he's going to welcome you home again. Just say these words after me. Lord Jesus, I'm sorry that I've sinned, but right now, Lord, I ask you into my life as my Lord and Savior. Fill me with your Holy Spirit. And thank you for welcoming me home to your family. If you prayed that prayer for the first time or the first time in a long time, I'd ask you to just quickly raise your hand wherever you are. Just very quickly. And then we're going to wrap it up. We're going to sing together about the goodness of God. Praise God. Let's stand together.